get up off of that thing and shake it. You'll feel better. That's James Brown. He's the godfather of soul. And right now, right here on the Bass Buzz segment, I'm your host, Pat Remwick, and I am so happy to bring to you Stray Cast fans the legend and ambassador to the sport of fishing, the one, the only, Jimmy Houston, right here. Yes. Yes, James sir. James Brown. I'll yeah. tell you what, been led in, led in by James Brown. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. that's, that's better than Toby Keith or Blake Shelton. I, I, figured, I figured I'd get you moving <laughs> a little, correct. Jimmy. You know, I'd get you moving, dude. That's a there deal. you go. There you go. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, let me clear something up here right away. Now, it, it, today's Chris's birthday. Today is Chris's birthday. Golly, that's that's uh, that's something. She's a day day older than me, maybe, huh? Yeah, and yours <laughs> and your birthday is tomorrow, Jimmy Houston, right? My birthday's tomorrow. You know, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I was renting a car last week, and the guy asked me, he said, "What's your birthday?" And I said, "July 28th." And he looked at me kind of funny, and he said, "What year?" And I said, "Every year." <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, he thought I. Yeah, it's true, though. It's every year. You know, it comes up every year at the same time of the year. It's, it's, it's funny how that happens. Usually 100 you know? degrees here in Oklahoma. It's funny how that happens. And it was just Jamie's birthday, too, right? Yeah, actually, uh, we're, we, uh, his was the 25th. We have a big birthday party. We're having one this weekend. My granddaughter and, and uh, a couple granddaughters, a couple grandsons are here at the ranch right now. They were caught over 200 bass today. And wow. They've been swimming. They just got out of the, been swimming in the lake for the last couple of hours and I'm sitting here watching big schools of shad move around out in the middle of the lake, and uh, uh, life is good right now. Nice. Pretty good. We had a big birthday party <laughs> this weekend. It's a it's a birthday month at the Houston compound, isn't it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> nice. That's it. Yeah, hey, living well, living life on the ranch. Well, we feel pretty honored that you took time out of out of your wife's birthday party to uh, to hang out with a bunch of knuckleheads like us. You know. Well, you know, I had a big date with her tonight. I was going to take her down to the big. Uh, big uh, uh, Windstar Casino down the, about 30 miles south here in Oklahoma. You know, we've got over 100 uh, Indian casinos here in Oklahoma. As a matter of fact, uh, we've got one of our boats wrapped Cherokee Nation Entertainment for the uh, Cherokee Nation. And uh, I was going to take her down to a big dinner tonight, and then we got a chance to get the grandkids here this week. So we, we postponed that uh, for a later date. Well, we would rather that you have said, well, Pat, that we canceled it all just to be on your show. We would have rather had you say, yeah, yeah, that was really the reason. I just didn't want to send some crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Jimmy, I mean, you know, let me tell you that I think everybody in this room right here, we're all a bunch of bass fishing freaks. And, And I mean this sincerely. You are a very important part of all of our lives, man. I mean, Absolutely. we grew up watching your show. I mean, you, you, I don't know how to put this without offending anybody, but you were actually, in my opinion, one of the first entertaining fishing personalities to exist, man. I mean, everybody's got their little things, but man, Jimmy, you back in the day, you're, you're a funny dude. You were then and you still, well, still I, are I now. Well, I appreciate that. You know, all we do is have fun out there fishing and I know you do too. I talked to you this weekend. You were out catching fish and all of a sudden right in the middle of the conversation yelling, you know, hey, my, my, my partner just caught my fish. I just missed one and he caught it. Yeah, yes, I did. Off the phone. I'll call you later. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, that's fishing, you know, and, and what we've done for uh, 39 years on television, the 40th year begins in January, which is just right around the corner. Uh, that will be our 40th year on national television. And but what we really do done out there is just have a lot of fun and, and, and let the day make the day. You know, that's a good thing about going fishing 
you know, and our show is the, you know, kind of uh, the fishing shows, uh, us and Bill Dance, Roland Martin. Those are the original reality shows on TV. We they have sure reality are. shows everywhere now about all kinds of different stuff, but, but fishing shows are reality shows. I mean, we let the day make the, make the show and whatever happens, but, but that's what happens when you go fishing, just like when you're fishing this weekend. Whatever happens is what you remember. That's the memories you make. You, you, you don't script it out. You, uh, you hope you go out and you, you get a few bites, you catch a bunch of fish, but, and you hope to catch a big fish, but you don't know. I mean, when you make that very next cast, you don't know what's going to happen. More than likely, you're going to throw it out there and wind it back in. Nothing's going to happen, but uh, you're going to enjoy it. And you, you, the anticipation that might, might be the biggest fish of your life. Uh, you might have a fish jump up there and break your line. <laughs> you might miss a fish and get a telephone call, and your buddy might catch it. So <laughs> <laughs> you never know what might happen, and, and that's what makes fishing fishing. And and we just, you know, that's what we've done in 40 years on television. We've never staged a fish ever. And uh, what you see is what you get. We show big ones and little ones, and. Over the years, uh, obviously, we've been fortunate to catch a lot of big ones, but we caught a lot of small ones too, and and uh, we kiss all the pretty ones, and that's worked out pretty well too. <laughs> <laughs> that's for yeah, sure. Jimmy, Jimmy, this is Ryan Whitaker here. I'm actually the one that benefited hey, from your phone call, so I got to thank you for for calling him at that time, so I got a chance to catch that fish. <laughs> that was hey, awesome. Well, you know, hey, I, a little, you know, everybody needs a little help every now and then. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need a good bird dog. You need somebody to point one out to you occasionally to go in there and catch. Yeah, that's sure. Definitely sure. the first time sure. I've been bird dog by Jimmy Houston. Yeah, that, that, was, was, awesome. that was good. That's it. Little bird dog. Little bird dog help there. That yeah, was historic. Sure. It was historic, and Jimmy. I've noticed. I've noticed something about you over the years. You're you're also um, a fierce competitor when it comes to tournament bass fishing. I mean, you you what do you have two? You have two bass uh, angler of the year titles under your belt too, I believe. And and yeah, we won a couple of bass angler of the year titles, and Chris won seven in bass and gal. Yes, she did. Years bass and gal was in, in existence. I, I like to tell people that between my buddy Roland Martin and Chris and I. That we've won eighteen Angler of the Year titles, and that sounds pretty impressive, you know. And I said, wow, that's good. I, until I actually go ahead and tell them the truth that that Roland won nine, Chris won seven, and I won two. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and that's the biggest prize in fishing. No matter, uh, you know, we've had a guy in FLW on the tournament tour this year, or the the uh, the, the FLW tour. Uh, won his second consecutive uh, Angler of the Year title, Andy Morgan, which uh, on the FLW tour. All the other anglers call him the goat, and that goat is the greatest of all time. And he's uh, amazing, and, and amazing. he probably is. I think he's got more top ten. Uh, even though he's not won very many tournaments, he's got more top tens than, than anybody. And now he's won uh, probably I think three or four angler of the year titles. And and uh, that, that's the biggest prize in fishing because that shows that you've really won the year long tournament in uh, six or seven or eight or ten different lakes. So so that's a big deal. And and we have qualified for fifteen or twenty. Uh, classics, uh, bass classics, and, and an FLW championship. I think the oldest guy to qualify for the FLW championship. Uh, but, uh, you know, but you know, when you look back at that, though, and you look at somebody like Ricky Klein that's qualified for 50, uh, 25 classics, uh, Chris qualified for all 21 bass and gal classics, um, you know, I look at that, and I, I, I think that's that's not really accomplishment, accomplishing too much. But then you look at some of the top anglers that's out there today in BASS that have made only seven or eight or nine classics, and so I, I guess it is something that you look back on. And, and the good thing about it is they can't take it away from them. No, they cannot. Cool, they cannot. They, they cannot. They can't take it away from you. But I, I still like to compete. You know, we fish for uh, Quaker State on the Quaker State team with Matt Airy and, and uh, uh, Scott Canterbury, who are two of the best fishermen in the nation, not now without a doubt. Uh, but both of them, you know, just having remarkable years. And uh, so we're really proud to fish for Shell and 
and uh, we promote their Pennzoil Marine, their Shell Rotella, and then, of course, Quaker State on the FLW Tour. And, and uh, I guess the only guy out there older than me that's fishing, those is my buddy Gary Yamamoto. And, and Gary, of course, is an exceptionally good fisherman, too. And and uh, and so it, it's kind of good, but it's, it's harder to compete. Uh, it's harder to compete at an older age. There's no doubt about that. And I think uh, uh, Ricky Klein kind of did all of us old guys a pretty good deal this year by he winning sure that BASS tournament. And I was yeah. sure hoping he would qualify for the Bass Master Classic again. It, it doesn't look like he's going to do that. But, uh, but but he's had a very good year, you know, yeah, and he's he, one, he sure one pot full of money. And, and it just shows you this is one of the sports that – that a guy can compete in and compete with the very best in the game, even even as you get a little bit older, and, uh, it's more difficult. And uh, and but but you, you still can go out there and play. And I just about won the Beaver tournament this year. I saw just, you came uh, in twelfth. Had or a something, fish right? on that yeah. kept me from winning. But, but it's uh, you can still win even at an older age, and that's cool. Right, absolutely, it is. Hey, Jimmy, you, uh, you you're involved in a lot of things. Uh, of course, you know there's there's Jimmy Houston outdoors. There's the, there's Jimmy Houston travel. Uh, you're you're a tournament fisherman. You have a, you're on multiple networks. You have your new Legends Network, and and I, I'm an idea man, Jimmy. And I could see that you are you are an entrepreneur. So I, I have a great idea for you that I'm going to share with you free of charge. If you're lay it on me, lay yeah. it on me. <laughs> see, I, I'm going to give you a couple ideas I came up with that I, I gave away and, and could have made millions on. Like I'm the guy that fed the mayonnaise to the tuna fish to to make it easier to make tuna salad sandwiches. <laughs> Okay, cool. That, that's that, a great idea. That, you that, be filthy that, rich because that, of that. I gave it away. I gave it away. Uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, the yeah. guy that that's invented that's carbonated that's iced that's tea. <laughs> I invented carbonated iced tea, and I gave it away. I gave it away. But here's one. Carbonated I, iced tea. Yes. Yeah, you might not have got rich on that one. I'm making I mean, a half. We're in the South. We, we, we believe in real sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> Us Yankees like the carbonation up okay, here. Okay, so, so lay your idea on uh, me, Okay, man. I'm ready. Now, you know that the, the popularity of Major League Fishing, right? I mean, Major yeah. League Fishing. Oh, yeah, I think, I think it's great. Those guys are doing a great job over there. I think it's a fun show to watch. Now, what we need to do is get a Legends Division of Major League Fishing. Okay, so you, you know the, there is some talk about that actually, and there's some talk about having a uh, you know having a, a tournament uh, deal, and, and you know the thing about it though is they're talking about the you know using age fifty as a lower echelon of that, which is what they do in the PGA, and the th- thing about that that's, that's kind of bad. And I, I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, how do you get? I mean, you use age fifty, but but like Bill Dance and Roland Martin are both seventy six. You know, you need to use something like. 70 is an age deal to start that, but there might not be all that many guys out there that, that, uh, you know, that, 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 that you know, Tommy Martin's another one out there, you know, sure. fishing international tournaments right now, and, and Tommy is 76, and Roland Martin's still fishing a few tournaments, and Roland's 76, and, and, uh, and he's, he's doing pretty good in, in some of them, and, and pretty bad, you know, I, I found out as you get a little bit older, uh, that, uh, that, you, you know, I get in the money about half the time, you know, and, and I did that this year. You know, I made it made the money three out of the six FLW Tour tournaments, and I made it three out of the first four, and I should have known, I, you know, I knew that statistic, and I should have kept that statistic in mind and just not fished the last two. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I didn't do that. But, you know, year before last, I made the money five out of seven tournaments and had a good year and made the FLW Championship and won about, you know, about eighty or $90,000. So, you know, that, that's nice. pretty good for an old guy. but. Uh, but we just uh, we just have a lot of fun out there, and, and tournaments are still fun to me. And as long as y'all, we'll keep doing them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and and and, and do that. Get in that legends thing. I, everybody would love to see that. I mean, you got you dance. Why well, be cool? Some, six, some of the guys are trying to put it together. And when you stop and think a minute, uh, you know, guys like Guy Aker, Eddie Brower, 
you know, there's quite a few guys that have quit the game that can come back and play. Hey, Paul. Uh, you know, I think that somebody told me, my buddy Paul Elias, did not requalify to fish the BASS tournaments this next year. And let's say he's got, you know, they're talking about some putting some exemptions back in. They did have exemptions in for a while, but. Uh, you know, you bring back people like Hank Parker. I mean, for crying out loud, Hank's one of the greatest fishermen ever. And uh, yeah, I would like to see it. And it'd be, it would be a lot of fun. And I love that format. I love, you know, I love the format. You can just go out and catch fish all day and they all count. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've got to the point and the fishermen are so skilled and so good that, uh, you know, I, I catch limits just, you know, basically every day in, in the tournaments. And, uh, even the tournaments that I bombed out in the last of the year, I still caught limits every day. And, and even in doing that, though, um, unless you have big fish on that strong area, we used to like to have a kicker fish or two. Uh, but now you got to have a, a couple of big ones in there and get the, those stringers up there. And, uh, you know, you, you can, you can catch a, a pretty decent limit every day, 12, 13 pounds, and it'd be in a hundredth place out of 170 guys in FLW. So, or uh, you can catch a, you know, that same deal and be 70th or 80th in a 100 man field and 110 man field in BASS. So, uh, it, it's, uh, it takes bigger fish. And, uh, that's a fun deal when you can get on a, pattern or get on a deal like we watch them do on, on major league fishing and go from being pretty far behind because uh all, you know in the last hour or so you catch 15 or 18 bass when everybody else is catching two or three and it, it's pretty 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 fun deal i think it's a great concept i love it i mean i just love it and uh, and it's also the other thing i really like about it you know i'm i'm a, a great respecter of the fish and uh and i dislike it when uh, the way i see tournament fishermen handle fish i've talked to a lot about them over the years you know grabbing the fish around the back and and uh and you know putting it down on the carpet and flopping it doing all can you know grabbing them out you know and throwing them out and you know they 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 they're handling those fish really really well and i think that's one of the great greatest things about that is uh, they can't let the fish turn uh, touch the carpet they can't just toss them back they got to let, let them go over the side of the gun a little gently and and i think that's good too because uh the, the, the everyday fisherman out there is going to do what those tournament guys do on television sure that's it you know i mean sure. you have to like the micro guides i mean they, they serve no good purpose at all <laughs> <in fishing. laughs> and, i'm with you and, and everybody uses them you know everybody's using them all it does is sells a few more rods that's a good deal but yeah uh, but, but, you know, they, they serve no purpose other than, rather than the last two or three rods on your eye being a little bit harder to string up. Now they're all hard to string up. <laughs> yeah, and the wind. Yeah. Your line gets against your rod, you know, and when you got a fish on, rubs on your rod. Uh, you, maybe you can throw a little bit further, but with the reels that we've got nowadays, you can throw all the line off your rod anyway. Right, right. So, you know, that's, that's not a. I, I love know, that you, you know, said that. I, I love that you I, said that. I don't know what's up with these micro guides. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, it, I'm going to tell you. I asked uh, a buddy of mine that's a, that's a rod buyer for one of the big, uh, I think, for Bass Pro Shop, and I said, Can you tell me? You know, you buy lots of these things. Can you tell me what the real advantage of this is? He says, We sell more rods. <laughs> that's said, right. Well, that's a good, honest answer right there, you know. And But I've had the professional fishermen tell me, Oh, well, you can throw a lot further with them, and you can pitch easier with them, you can do this. and and, 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 you know, you're talking about guys that can throw and, and pitch and flip and do all that better than anybody in the world anyway. And, and, uh, but, but they, they do allow you to sell more rods. And, and, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and, and a lot of the guys are using rods that are seven foot six, seven foot ten, you know, stuff like sure. that. And, uh, but, but the, the, the regular guys, if the tournament guys handle their fish better and respect the species more, the everyday fisherman's going to do that too. You, you got to realize when, I started tournament fishing 50 years ago, and this is our 50th year to fish national tournaments. We're the only, only guy that's ever done that so far. And, uh, and, and, uh, when I started, we fished under a 15 bass limit and, and we killed them all. I mean, we, we brought them in, put them in a big John boat and we'd, uh, f- you know, people would fillet them and give them to, 
you know, local nursing homes and, and, uh, and, and charities and stuff like this. And even when we just went fishing out for the fun of it, and we'd keep every fish we caught. And I don't know how many times Chris and I would go around the neighborhood giving away bass. Uh, because we, we didn't know to throw them back. And we fished tournaments under 15 fish limits, and then 10 fish limits, and then 8 fish and 7 fish. And now, finally, for a long time, we fish them under 5. And some of the younger fishermen, you know, they say, you fish tournaments under a 15 bass a day limit? Yeah, that's good. And, that uh, and, and, and that's what we did. And all over the South, that's what we did. And and, uh, and so, you know, I respect the species so much. And, and so I, I that's the part I, I like probably best about Major League Fishing is that they, those guys handle those fish properly. They're keeping and them they safe. Should. I mean, that's, that's how we're making a living. Hey, we don't want to you you got to preserve the sport, no doubt. Hey, Jimmy, we're right sure. up against the break right here. You want to you wanna hang on and, and we'll come back and, sure and do another segment? Hey, keep it locked right here. Stray Cast, Outdoor Cartoon Television, The Bass Buzz. I'm Pat Renwick. When we get back, it's more Jimmy Houston. Don't you go nowhere. go for all the hard-to-find Japanese domestic tackle? Lee's Global Tackle, the connection for all the hottest baits and lures straight from Japan. Lee's Global Tackle has two locations, the main store in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, and our other store in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Stop in at Lee's Global Tackle and meet John Moy. He'll show you some of the coolest baits not available anywhere else. Catering secret tournament winning baits to the fishing community for over 17 years, Lee's Global Tackle. More exclusive JDM Tackle? Join JDMTackleMembersOnly.com. This is a brand new membership website that gives their members the exclusive rights to custom limited edition Japanese baits in colors that cannot be purchased anywhere else. Sign up now and you will receive two free Mega Bass Vision 110s in Kasumi Tiger and Smallmouth Bass. That's totally worth the membership. Go to JDMTackleMembersOnly.com today. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back. Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Remwick. This is the Bass Buzz. And on the line, who else but Houston? Jimmy Houston. <laughs> I love it, guys. Outdoor Cartoon Television. I love it, <laughs> There it is. See, you get it, right, Jimmy? You get it. I get it. You, I get it, man. You, I get it. You're I, right. I love it, man. It, we threw you in with a little Houston, too. You know, it's smooth. It's smooth. Hey, hey, we don't ever outgrow cartoons. That's we right. don't ever outgrow them. We don't <laughs> Thank want you. to. We don't want to grow up. Thank you, Jimmy Houston. You are my hero. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Speaking of being my hero, I could, I, you probably don't remember this, but way back in the day, I worked for a little bait company called the Jim Bagley Bait Company for, for a great gentleman named Jim Bagley. Right and uh, and I used to do outdoor shows for for Jim Bagley and Wayne Davis and your buddy Bill Dance back in the day, and I'm right. talking I was nine ten years old, and and I remember one time you coming over by the booth, and you were talking to us and I was like oh my gosh first of all I get to hang out with Bill Dance and now here's Jimmy Houston here's Jimmy Houston, and the thing that I remember most about you. Is you and now I'm going way back here. Think about this: you were using like a Skyline graphite rod. I'm taking you that That's far. A long way back. You're I'm right. going way back. I mean, you had like an Ambassador can reel on there. You sure. know, about a 14 ounce reel on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, yeah, one and, pound. 
<laughs> it is. And you were taking a spinner bait, and you were casting it in the aisles, and you were actually wrapping, you were putting it on people's ears. You yeah. Were, yeah. <laughs> you I, were, I haven't hooked too many, though. I hooked a few, but yeah. not many. <laughs> you were putting that spinner bait on people's ears, and I'm like, this guy is amazing. This guy, you were one of the first guys that really, uh, and I don't want to call it trick casting, but what it's evolved into is actually becoming in tune with your equipment, mechanically well, adapt. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, you know and, and, and that's one of the greatest things that the really good fishermen really develop now is really, really good skills with their equipment, you know, and uh, it's no different than, uh, than, than guys learning all the intricacies of throwing a baseball correctly and having great control and great rhythm and everything they do or hitting a golf ball and, and knowing exactly what that ball's supposed to do in the air and what it's supposed to do once it hits the ground and the kind of grass that they're hitting it on and all that. And it's just, you know, that's a part of the game that uh, the guys that are really, really good uh, had developed, uh, the, you know, into, you know, becoming. And, and, yeah, we probably were some of the ones that pioneered that back, uh, certainly in the early days. That and, and, and one of the things that caused that for me, uh, when I was in high school, uh, between my junior and senior year, we had the World Series of Sports Fishing on Lake Tenkiller the final two days of that. It was the three different lakes for the final two days of that. And, and actually those guys, uh, there was, you know, no rules about pre-fishing or anything. And, and, uh, it was in 1962, you know, when I was a senior in high school and, and the great, the greatest fishermen in the world were there, you know, Joe Krieger, uh, Virgil Ward, uh, Glenn Andrews, Glenn Causey, uh, Roy Martin, you know, the, the greatest fishermen in the world at that time. And, yes. And, uh, and they were fishing the World Series of Sports Fishing, which I actually fished that tournament, uh, as a senior in high school in 1966, qualified for that. And, and that, you know, this is it was 50 years this year that I've been fishing national tournaments. And, and uh, but I went out and fished with a lot of those guys because I lived there on that lake. And, and actually, I, you know, was just so thrilled and, uh, you know, excited to be able to fish with the best, best fishermen in the world. And, uh, and, and they wanted me to go out and go fishing with them because I could show them, you know, about the lake because I lived on the lake and fished it every day. And, and, uh, and so it was kind of both of the, we were both gaining. But the thing that I gained out of it was how, remarkably well they could handle their 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 equipment and how you know how well they could throw and they throw bait over there and hit land uh an inch or so where wherever it was uh you know supposed to <laughs> and uh and and you know and, and so that was the part of the game that i worked on so much when i was a teenager and and became you know where we could do a lot of things with the rod and reel but a lot of the competition couldn't do and so many of those early tournaments for so many years and there's still some parts of the game that's pretty much lost nowadays. You know, a lot of the younger guys can't flip very well. They're extremely good at pitching, but they can't flip very well. A lot of them are not really good, very good casters. You know, they could, they, but again, the, the pitching has kind of dominated the games and the guys have become so skilled at it that, that it, it's, it's really, really amazing. Uh, the better fishermen, again, can still do it all really, really well, but, uh, but, but you're right. And, and you know, Jim Bagley, of course, that's one of the legendary names in the business. I, can still remember, and I have you know several Jim Backley stories as everybody does. But I can remember the first time that I actually saw Balsa Bay. Uh, uh, I, I was with Cotton Cordell at that time, and of course Cotton Cordell or Jim, Jim, neither one of us are with us now. I spoke at uh, at Cotton's funeral, but um, but but anyway, uh, uh, I was with Cotton Cordell, and Jim Bagley walked up, and and they were they were friends, and it's the first time I'd ever met Jim Bagley, but. Uh, but I was a friend of Cotton's and, and well, actually was promoting Cordell Hotspots and stuff for him. And he had this really pretty little balsa bait. And he, he told Cotton, he said, he said, look at this, Cotton, and see what you think of it. And Cotton looked at that bait and he said, man, Jim, he said, I believe that's about as pretty a fish bait as I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, he said, it's carved out, carved out a balsa wood. 
And he said, man, that thing is just gorgeous. He said, I bet that'll really catch him. And he said, yeah, it'll really catch him. He said, what are you, what, what you going to have to sell it for? And Jim looked at him. He said, Cotton, I'm going to sell it. It's going to retail for $5. And he said, man, he said, you're in real trouble. He said, there's no way anybody will ever pay $5 for a fishing lure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as it turned out, you know, Cotton was wrong and Jim was right. Yes. And, uh, of course, $5 is a pretty inexpensive lure. Nowadays, we're paying yeah. 40 and 50 and 150 and 200 for some swim baits. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's guy, you know, I got a swim bait box that's probably got worth fifteen hundred dollars. It's just a little plastic box with a handful of eggs. Easy. <laughs> Almost in the shade to say that, but uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, guys are buying some swim baits that are two hundred and twenty, two hundred and thirty dollars, and and on a three four month waiting list to get them. So, uh, uh, but one of those, you know, one one fish on one of those two hundred dollar baits might mean ten thousand dollars in it. Sure. Or it could be a hundred thousand or three hundred thousand. You know, and and so. Uh, you know, the people don't worry too awful much about the price of lures nowadays, particularly the tournament fishermen. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, uh, that, that was one, one something that, you know, when Jim Bankley first, and I remember the time Jim Bankley flying in his helicopter and coming to tournaments and such a colorful and great individual. And one of the things about those people like that, like Jim Bankley and Cotton Cordell, uh, Bill Norman, I spoke at his funeral, Charlie Spence, Strike King Lure Company, uh, on and on and on, some of the great pioneers that, are not with us anymore and some of the guys like we've been talking about today myself and bill dance and 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 hank parker roland martin you know we had the real pleasure of, of kind of uh, being around those guys a lot in, in, in the industry and, and and learning learning from them uh, you know not only uh, about fishing and, and and lures and lure manufacturing and selling lures but but to learn about life because for the most part they're all good christian guys and all really really good stand-up people and and uh you know they, they, they all taught us a lot we're sort of just in that in that line that is, is kind of taking fishing to wherever well wherever it's going to end up going and I, I think the game's in pretty good shape right now uh it's kind of backing up a little bit you know on the you know on the uh on the classic and the flw championship we're cutting the money back a little bit but i think the game's a pretty healthy game and and i'd recommend the young guys that are that you know that's got it in their heart to uh be a professional fisherman it's a great thing to aspire to become now as a professional fisherman so i think that's good and, and a lot of guys making making six-figure incomes a handful of guys making making seven uh figure incomes but it's just certainly a great thing to aspire to be now is to be, become a professional fisherman and the guys like we we're just talking about there are the ones that really started it all yeah i mean you're the forefathers you guys are the ones that made this all possible there's no doubt about that no doubt about it, Jimmy. Hey, hey, I Some of us old guys are still playing, trying to win those ten thousand dollars. You, you know, the first <laughs> BASS tournament I ever won, uh, the first BASS tournament I ever won, I won five thousand dollars in a boat without a motor, and someone <laughs> stole the boat. I stole the boat. Someone stole it. I, I gave the guys money back. The so first BASS Angler of the Year title I ever won, I got nothing for it. Nothing. Wow. Strand at that time did uh, have a deal where they paid a twenty-five hundred dollar bonus so i got that twenty five hundred dollars and and the second angle of the year title i won uh again i got nothing from bass uh and uh, i did have a deal in my contract with mercury motors who we've been with since day one uh but i had a contract and uh, part of my contract with mercury motors for a ten thousand dollar bonus for winning angle of the year and i did get that and now you know you win angle of the year so it's a hundred thousand dollars plus whatever bonuses might be written in your contracts and Different guys have different deals. Some of them can win, you know, quite a bit of additional money on that. Uh, but, but, you know, most of the classics that I fished, and I finished up the top 
four, five, and several of them. Most of those classics is fifty thousand dollars to win, and second place got zero, got nothing. Wow! <laughs> and uh, sounds now like you a get club $10, tournament. Dollars to finish last place in the last <laughs> classic of the FLW Championship. Ten thousand dollars for last. So once you qualify for that, you've made the money in the tournament. You know, as long as you can just get out there and get in your boat and go fishing one day. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, uh, are, are you? Can I can I throw a bass trivia question at you? Oh no. Uh oh! Look out! Can I throw a BASS trivia question? You can. That doesn't mean I can answer it. All right, (laughs) all right. Who was the first member of BASS? The The first first official member. The first lifetime member of BASS was Don Butler. Wow! He got it. Jimmy knows. Jimmy knows. And Jimmy Houston. Yes. Let me let me let me tell you another individual, and this is kind of an amazing bit bit of trivia trivia too. The uh, the the, uh, my dad. My dad bought a $10 membership from Ray Scott uh, before they ever had membership cards and before uh, the Beaver Tournament. The Beaver Tournament was in 1967. Uh, I fished the, the second tournament they had in 1968 at Ufall, Alabama, and I led that tournament the first day. I caught 11 and weighed 52 pounds and something, and uh, didn't, I didn't have 15 bass limit, but <laughs> I still led the tournament by about 9 or 10 pounds, but uh, but my dad, Ray Scott, and Don Butler came to our, our, our resort on Lake Tenkiller at the store, and Ray told him about what he was doing. He's going to hold that tournament over at Beaver, and and uh, and my dad said, well, "What's a membership cost in your bass organization?" And Ray said, ten dollars." And I can remember my dad uh, opening a cash register and getting a ten dollar bill out and giving it to him. And so he was probably one of the first handful of members. I don't know, you know, I don't know where that that fell in the deal and. And uh, but but he was one of the first handful. Yeah, Don Don Butler's the first lifetime. Nice, good job, Jimmy. You know it. You know your history. That's right. You wow. li- he lived there the history. Go. I was looking for a tough one, man. <laughs> he lived it. Hey. I was there. I was just a kid, but I was there. And I, you know, and and I wish I had been able to fish that very first tournament. That's one of the. I have very few regrets about anything that's happened in my life. But one of the regrets is I would have liked to have fished the first BASS tournament they ever had, which is Beaver. I fished either the second or the third one. I I hadn't even looked to see which it was, but. But either Smith Lake or Ufall, Alabama was second, and the other one was the third. But I fished Ufall, Alabama. So either the second or the third tournament they had. And I uh, didn't, didn't end up winning that tournament, but I did lead it the first day. And, and it really helped me. That's where I first rent Forest Wood and Forest sold me a Ranger boat. I had the first Ranger boat ever in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, wow. I bought the first and, uh, Ranger boat ever, and I've been running them ever since. So um, that's a nice little trivia question for you, too. Nice. And you can do that with yeah. about every yeah, state. I don't know if you could ever figure out who had the first Ranger <laughs> boat. And, and, it's Jimmy and Houston. I'm going to write that one down. Who else? Wherever. It's Jimmy Houston. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, is it safe to say that you are, um, would you consider yourself a spinnerbait guru? Oh, I, I still catch a lot of fish on a spinnerbait. You know, uh, I won, uh, I didn't win a lot this year in FLW, but I won about 30-some-odd thousand. And, oh, that's all. And, uh, but I, I, um, uh, you know, and, and actually, all the money that I won in those tournaments was 100% on spinnerbait. So that that is sort of they still you work. Uh, you know, the tournaments uh, that I did that I caught limits in, but they weren't large enough to, to get in the money. Uh, were tournaments that uh, uh, one of them I did catch quite a few on spinnerbait, but only about half. And the other tournament I didn't uh, catch but a couple, two or three fish at Champlain on a spinnerbait. Uh, but, uh, but the tournaments that, where I did win the money this year, uh, you know, in the tournaments, Beaver and Okeechobee. And, uh, I can't, I can't remember what the other one was I did good in, but, uh, oh, yeah, oh, you're a spinnerbait, you're a spinnerbait spinner dude. Every single one of them was, uh, um, on the Tennessee River, uh, yeah, I lost the name of the lake, but, uh, Anyway, the, the one right below Wheeler where they're having the FLW championship, 
Uh, uh, Chickamauga? No. No, 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 no. Uh, I just lost the name of it. That's anyway, right. I'll, I'll finish. finish hey, well, here's what, I'm, here's what I'm getting at. This but, one. but, yeah, the spinnerbaits paid a lot of bills around our house. There's no doubt about it. They paid a lot of bills. <laughs> this is what I'm getting at, Jimmy. Now, I, I, you know, I, that was pretty generic. Everybody knows you fish spinnerbaits, and I know you give a lot of tips on fish and spinnerbaits, but if you could do this for our viewers, give something away that you never tell about your secrets of spinnerbait fishing. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, I don't have any secrets. You know, we've been doing television for, you know, for 39 years, so we don't really have any secrets. We we put all of our secrets out there. But I, I think, you know, the, I think the, the, the most important thing about spinnerbaits is the most important thing, like it is any other bait, is you've got to really have confidence in what you're doing. And ironically, only a handful of fishermen really throw a spinnerbait a lot nowadays. And a lot of them say, well, I just don't have any confidence in it. And that's because they just haven't simply haven't caught enough fish on it. You know, so many younger fishermen get started throwing a jigging worm, which nowadays they call a shaky head. We've been fishing them ever since we were in high school, and yeah. we always call them jigging worms. <laughs> sure. They call them. Now they call them shaky <laughs> nice. head. And, 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 and they grew up doing that, and so that's what they, you know, they got a lot of confidence in. So when they can't get a bite, they put that shaky head on and get a bite. You know, the wacky worm is another one that you, you teach a lot of kids to fish on because you put it on. You throw it out there. Whether you're fishing a wacky worm or you're just fishing a yum dinger or a cinco without, you know, just a hook on a Texas rig, and you put it on, and most of them with kids will put it on Texas rig, and they put it on a spinning rod, and they just throw it out there. Well, you know, and they, they can wind it in fast as they want. They let it fall. They do whatever, and they catch fish on it. And so then as they learn more about fishing and become accomplished in a lot of the baits, they still got more confidence in something like a, like a wacky rig worm or a cinco-type bait. Or 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 a, a um, or a shaky head, and, and and so that becomes their confident bait, and they tie a spinnerbait on. They throw it out there a few times. They don't catch any fish on it. But you know, I can mention a name that you know is obviously synonymous with great great success, Kevin Van Dam. That uh, you know is probably one of the very best spinnerbait fishermen that I've ever seen. Another great fisherman, uh, Ricky Klein, can throw a spinnerbait extremely well, and. Uh, Kevin's probably a lot more versatile, a lot better spinnerbait, but I've seen many days, you know, when Kevin will have five or six rods in the boat and all, but maybe one of them will have a spinnerbait tied on at various wow. sizes and various shapes and different blades and stuff. And that's one of the key things on a spinnerbait. If you've got a lot of confidence in it and you're going to catch, once you start catching fish on it, you're going to catch numbers and you're going to catch size. And, uh, and you can take, uh, you know, a variety of three or four different spinnerbaits and, and 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 if, if they're biting them at all, and I don't like it when they're really really biting spinnerbait in tournaments because if they are, everybody in the dang tournament everybody's be catching them because it, it's a you know, it's a pretty simple bait to catch fish on. Throw it out there, wind it in, you can fish it fast, fish it slow, stop it. It sure is fun though. It sure is fun, Jimmy. And but but when when you when you we can just when you can just get six or eight or nine or ten bites on a spinnerbait in a day's time in a tournament. Uh, most of the people are not going to be throwing it. And that's the times when you can really, you know, fight it. It's a time just like Beaver this year, you know, and, and, uh, and somewhere throughout the day, somewhere throughout the day, you have to get a couple of quality bites. And, but you can do that on a spinnerbait. And, uh, and, and, you know, and when it happens, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, those limits are up there around that 20 pound mark. And you do that every day and you're going to be pretty good just about everywhere you go. Absolutely. Jimmy, hey, I want to tell you, thank you so much for, uh, for taking time out of out of Chris's birthday party and being on the on the Straight Cast Bass Buzz show, buddy. 
Well, I appreciate you guys. You're doing a great job. Glad to see you back on the air, and I know you're going to do a great job. <laughs> Every guy out there has got to love Outdoor Cartoon Network. I love it, Dan. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned our you mentioned our digital network, JHL.TV. Uh, we've got uh, seven or eight other producers on, on our network in addition to ourselves, one of them including Roland Martin. We've got the kayak guy on there, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, uh, the, the, wild waters, uh, that, uh, does all his stuff out of kayaks. He's just a great little entertainer and, and does, does a super job on there. Several other producers on there and eventually we'll have all of our shows on there. One of the cool things is you can go back and you want to find the spinnerbait show from, you know, 1988 or 1990 or 2010 or whatever, you'll be able to go back there and find them. We're adding shows all the time. Oh, and, nice. uh, and it, it's, it's, uh, 100% free. You can watch it on your smartphone, your computer, your iPad. Whatever, 100 percent free. Uh, we got Apple Play on our television. We can put it on a put it on an iPad or an iPhone and uh, hit the button for Apple Play. And, I, I love and it. Right up there on I the 70 inch screen, and uh, it's 100 percent free. So you and, need a uh, hey, JHL TV. Watch anytime you want. JHL TV. You need a show like Outdoor Cartoon Television on there, Jimmy. Well, you know, I tell you what, we'd be interested in doing that. Oh, that's a, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing, right there, Jimmy. I have one favor to ask for you before before you go, and and you could make you, got it. you could make our dreams come true here on the Bass Buzz Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. If you could do this for us, I've never heard you sing part of your theme song. Will, will you sing us a little bit of your theme? Will you sing us a little bit of Jimmy Houston Outdoors theme song? Please. Oh, I thought, you know, you might give me a little music there to sing about that little rising with the morning sun. Got no work today. Might find me out on a bayou or over in the ocean bay. And that's about all I'm going to say. Might be fishing on a mountain stream. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Houston, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Happy crazy, birthday man, to crazy. you. Happy birthday hey, to Chris. Hey, I tell you, you just put the show down the tube right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight right there. That's the highlight uh, reel. Hey, Jimmy, thanks again. Look forward to having you on again sometime in the future, and I will be in touch with you, sir. Good luck to you. Okay? Y'all have a great week. Take God care, bless buddy. you, Bye-bye. sir. Take care.